0: Living wisely, living well. February 3rd. If someone impugns you or your honor in the sense of attacking your good name or reputation, ignore him. If that isn't possible, seek a graceful, even a humorous way out, like the American in France who once met a Frenchman's challenge to a duel by selecting for weapons apple pie at ten paces. (laughs) After all, what is that false honor but an affirmation of ego, the root cause of all suffering? Suffice it if you, fo- if you, following your own conscience, act honorably. People's unflattering opinions of you are not your problem, but theirs. Well, this is a, a very uh, interesting one. Swamiji always loved the apple pie at ten paces. <laughs> That was a story his father told him. His father, who was uh, an oil geologist, who spent most of his career in Europe. He was in Europe. He was in Egypt. He lived. Uh, he was mostly he lived an expatriate life until actually after World War. What's the after World War II? He came during World War II. He came back to America. Afterwards, he went back. He went to Egypt. So he spent a lot of his career in countries other than America. And at one time, I think when he was living in France, um, somebody took exception to him and just challenged uh, Swami's father to a duel, you know, this big thing he wanted to duel. And his father did exactly what Swami is suggesting here. It's like, you know, no, I'm just simply not going to do it. I mean, the entire enforcement of I've challenged you to a duel and you must go out there is that somehow you think it actually has to do with your value as a human being. And there's a great many things in life that are reinforced by public opinion, but actually have no force whatsoever. When I was about 15 and was getting into, first it was the beatniks at that point, then it shifted into the hippies. And it was around that time, maybe even a little younger, that it occurred to me that fashion, the entire idea of what you what was acceptable dress, what was acceptable dress when you went out to dinner, when you went to a party, it was entirely a matter of whether you were embarrassed or not, because there were no there were no laws about it. I mean, yes, some restaurants did have a dress policy or something like that, but if you weren't embarrassed, you could actually dress pretty much as you wanted to, and uh, and I began to appreciate that an enormous amount of social custom is just that people are embarrassed. Uh, You know, somebody looks at you and acts as if somehow you're not a worthy person because you haven't met some absolutely arbitrary criteria of what you're supposed to do. Um, What does it matter? It only matters if it really matters. Elsewhere in this book, Swamiji does talk about, you know, there's no point in rebelling against all customs courtesy, politeness, certain traditions, just help society run smoothly. And it's just not necessary to stand outside of all of them for the sheer um, uh, trouble you can cause by doing it, or just an egoic declaration of your independence. It can be just as egoic to declare your independence as it can be to, to just go along with it. But if there's ever a principle involved, and I I was thinking in this line, because I'm talking about fashion, I'll stick with it for a minute. When Mahatma Gandhi had an interview with, I guess it would have been the king of England at that point, um, he dressed in his normal attire, which was a dhoti and a chatter. Maybe it was a little cold and someone lent him a coat. And someone said afterwards, because, you know, compared to what was Fashion in Britain, it wasn't. He was not the fashion, and somebody said to him, "You know, how can you, how could you appear before the king, you know, um, with so few few of the proper clothes on?" And Gandhi said, "Oh, the king was wearing plenty of clothes for both of us. <laughs> it was just a perfect answer. There's no moral principle here. This is just the way you do things. It's not the way I do things." So Swami's also talking about that. Sometimes people attack other people, they just want to. Sri Teshwar called it making yourself taller by cutting off the heads of others. It doesn't make you an inch taller, but then you have the feeling that you're taller than them because you've lowered them from your your eye's perspective. But people who tear other people down, attack your reputation, If if there's a valid criticism, then self-evidently you should pay attention to it and and do your best to right the wrong. But if it's merely malicious or, or an attempt to get power over you or revenge and just all kinds of, or to sell newspapers that people will do, Swami says, don't bother. Especially if it's just, you know, in the personal context of people just talking against you within your own small circle, what, what difference does it make? It's a very important question. Why do I care? and then why do i care sort of gets me thinking about what is my self worth based on how vulnerable am i to the the ever changing winds of of everybody else's point of view do i have a center of integrity of my own that's based on values that i myself have chosen or am i just a flag blowing in the wind and if the breeze blows to the east, then I run to the east. If it blows to the west, I run to the west. Then what kind of security do I ever have? If in the short few years that I've lived on this planet, I mean, everything changes. It's just always changing. Um, Swami Kriyananda remarked a reader's digest, which um, I, I think it still exists as a magazine. Everything has been changed by the um, digital world. But for years I used to read that magazine. I enjoyed it. It was kind of a, um, it it just it it had had a lot of had a a lot of heartfelt stories and a lot of human interest stories, and I always enjoyed reading it. But Swami also talked about it being kind of a weather vane, and he talked about um, before uh, the Second World War there was articles praising the Japanese for their refinement and their artistic artistry and their architecture and. The ancientness of their culture and all these things. Then, of course, when we went to war with them, there were articles about how how you know crass they were and how crude they were. And it's just it it's very, very few opinions are actually based on on a on a deep impersonal appraisal of something. So it's it's very very good practice in our lives to 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 know who know who you are, to really know who you are and to know what your values are. I had the interesting experience. It was extremely interesting. I've been part of Ananda since 1969. I moved into an Ananda community in 1971, and I have been full-time with Ananda, home, job, and church, as how Master himself put it ever since then. And for most of the time, Uh, Ananda's public reputation was extremely positive. But there was a a period in the middle, in the mid-90s, when we were subject to a a completely fabricated but well-financed and very viciously carried out attack on Swami Kriyananda, on Ananda itself. uh, I wasn't named as a defendant, but I appeared in some of the documents. And we were just accused of being a vicious cult. Just name everything that a cult could be. You know, abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, enslaving weak-minded people, uh, you know, dogmatic cruelty, I'm just, you name it, it was it. In fact, literally, the lawsuit was lifted. It was was a boilerplate lawsuit that the same attorney had filed against another group, because in a couple of places he forgot to change the names. I mean, it was really awful. But it got a lot of publicity because those sorts of things do. And in the end, actually, it didn't even go in our favor, which was complete miscarriage of justice. But that's beside the point. But there was a period of time when the there was a local paper that was just getting started. It was a freebie uh, that was just passed out, you know, in the real estate ads. And so on. we keep it going. But there was this big trial going on, in a local group was suddenly—you know—everyone suddenly thought we had this evil cult in our midst, even though we'd lived quite harmoniously here for a long time. And for many weeks, almost every day, there was a scathing article about us. You know, search for the Swami's treasure, references to the Swami's harem. You know, really unflattering pictures, terrible, terrible um, interviews with. Awful people. It just it was quite quite interesting. So, you couldn't be part of Ananda because it was comfortable to be so. You had to actually ask yourself, "What do I really believe? What is my actual experience?" And it was it was very salutary. In fact, it was the making of us in many ways, because it it was either a true perception from true experience or it was just a comfortable birth until the wind started blowing in the opposite direction. I mean, think about after Jesus was crucified. I mean, he was contra- Jesus was controversial before his crucifixion. There was a tremendous amount of controversy as to whether he was the Messiah, was he the Son of God, was he an instrument of Satan. Um, the, the, there was a corrupt priesthood, and they opposed him fiercely. And that priesthood had a tremendous amount of power. And it was just always, when you read in the Bible, it's just it was always going back and forth. Where is he? Who is he? Do you believe it? He, he healed the blind. He raised the dead. Did he really? Or is it just a sham? And then Jesus comes triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And it was the first time Jesus really allowed his disciples to honor him in such a public way. And that was, you know, sing out Hosanna to the son of David, blessed he who cometh in the name of God. And the people were laying down their cloaks and ripping branches off the tree. This is why it's called Palm Sunday, just to line the roadway so that the donkey he was riding on wouldn't have to step on the dirt, but would step on the, the pathway that they had laid. And in less than a week, he was crucified. And so the disciples thought, finally, Jesus is coming into his kingdom, and they mistakenly thought it was the kingdom of this world. Jesus Jesus knew, but they didn't. I mean, even to the point where it was, it was mass confusion when Jesus was arrested, and only a few actually were there at the foot of the cross. And even Peter denied that he was Jesus's disciple. He recovered But in the panic of the moment when the whole world was screaming against him, Peter lost his own center. Now, it's in a sense comforting to know that even as great a disciple of Jesus as Peter could be thrown by the angry screaming of the mob and could be disconcerted to the point where he feared for his own life if he admitted that he was Jesus's disciple after, so Peter denied three times that he was, that he even knew Jesus. And then after Jesus resurrected, three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? And three times Peter got to say, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And so all the karma went to zero. But that's one of the most dramatic examples. What do I believe and why do I believe it? So when people tell you that you're a terrible person, in whatever context they tell you, you're a terrible person. As Swami often says, if you are, then resolve to reform and thank the person for pointing it out to you. And if not, what difference does it make? And Eswami Swami says, if possible, even defuse it humorously. And then he loves that story about, you know, your honor is at stakes or I demand a duel. Okay, then we'll go out there and we'll throw apple pies at each other. I mean, how, how about how silly can that be? But why would I risk my life merely because you have insulted me. You know, if, you're, if you're so unhappy in yourself that you think that you're serving some good by trying to tear someone else down, as Swami says quite simply, that's not my problem, that's really your problem. And I think I'll just leave it there. So Swami says to us, if someone impugns you or your honor in the sense of attacking your good name or reputation, ignore him. If that isn't possible, seek a graceful, even a humorous way out, like the American in France who once met a Frenchman's challenge to a duel by selecting for weapons apple pie at ten paces. After all, what is that false honor but an affirmation of ego, the root cause of all suffering? Suffice it if you, following your own conscience, act honorably. People's unflattering opinions of you are not your problem, but theirs. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.